0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Corin, supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit korin.com.
2: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network
3: Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network every Tuesday from roughly 12 to roughly 12.45. From Roberta's Pizzeria in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Joined, as usual, with Nastasia the Hammer Lopez. How you doing, Stas? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Got Dave in the booth. What's up, Dave?
4: What up? A uh, quick shout out to Angela Garbits of Goldenrod Pastries in Lincoln, Nebraska, who was on the network last week and brought me some great cookies, and is a big fan of cooking issues.
3: Whoa, 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 she doesn't come and say hello?
4: Well, that was last week. She's back in Lincoln, Nebraska, I assume.
3: Yeah, but I mean, like, uh, you know, Angela was uh, one of the uh, interns, one of the tech interns at the French Culinary Institute back in the day. Oh, yeah. Like, the hard, you know, the hardcore good crew. You know what I mean? Like, that was a good crew we had back then. Oh, gee. So if you're anywhere... so. I don't think Martha Stewart has stopped by her bakery for, uh, for a pastry, but I know for a fact Martha Stewart once landed her private jet to pick up a sandwich. So if any of you have a private jet, and you are flying over the great state of Nebraska, remember, the entire state is a runway. So all you gotta do is choose like a convenient spot somewhere near Angela's place, land, and get some pastries, right? Wouldn't you see, think it's a good idea, Dave? Sounds good to me. Yeah. Good idea. Oh, by the way, uh, calling your questions to 718 497
5: Speaking of pastries. 718 What? Your cake.
3: Oh, we'll talk about that later. So, uh, Dave, the, uh, like the, are the mics like, super loud today? Because my ears feel like I'm blasting my... Are you my... sick?
4: Well, you sound really sick, so I yeah. turned it up a little bit. Sick?
3: Okay, so I was at a Dead Rabbit yesterday and it was so loud cuz the dead rabbit was having their uh, their aunt, like you know their yearly like you know new menu anniversary party thing and they're releasing a whiskey the dead rabbit dead rabbit's a very famous bar here in New York for those of you that don't know famous bars and i was there with some of our you know upcoming bar team i was there with don and with jack and by the way uh, nick bennett and jack shram two former bartenders from booker and Dax. Uh, nick bennett is of course has his own program porch light And uh, Jack's doing a guest shift there, so if you want to see two uh, former BDX bartenders, uh, head bartenders, uh, behind the stick at the same time, go there tonight between uh, 7 and, like, 9 or until Jack decides to go. So anyway, so I'm at Dead Rabbit, and it's so loud, I start screaming, and I was like, I know tomorrow morning it's going to sound like I took up, like, a -a 12-pack-a-day habit. Mm -hmm. And it does. Yeah. Well, the good thing about it is, is I mean, the good thing about that is, is that there's certain songs. It's that going to be we, really
4: good for your singing career, yeah. Right.
3: I mean, like, there's certain songs that, like, even people, like, take, uh, uh, this morning I was singing, uh, you know the song, uh, Across 110th Street?
4: No. By who?
3: Bobby Womack.
4: Hmm.
3: Across 110th Street. Oh, no, yeah. You know yeah. Anyway, so, like, <laughs> anyway, so the thing is, is, like, I'm like, oh, man, I got the, I, I can do that now. You know what I mean? What? Cause I was like, Oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh my god! Oh, well, you gotta, you gotta let, you, you gotta get it to the
5: court. You gotta let him
3: say that.
4: Uh, we can't afford that. We oh. can't afford
5: five seconds.
4: That's a myth, actually,
3: dude. Really? Yeah. B- Bobby Womack is not listening. Do you think his lawyers are listening? He is definitely. Somebody's
4: not Somebody's always listening.
3: Uh, it's like the big brother of. You know what? It's like. uh oh my
5: god! Why do you like that song?
3: That's a great song it's a great song Mac and, and Womack can't beat them and uh, I'll tell you something else uh, it was featured in a movie That's right. and uh, I think it wasn't Across
4: 110th Street.
3: Street it was like the theme song and that, that brought into my mind because on the way to the Dead Rabbit I was listening to one of the all time great movie soundtracks Superfly mm. you know mm-hmm. Curtis Mayfield and so like it was perfect like on the way back with the raspy voice and in the morning I was like I could just continue my kind of like 70s exploitation film track thing and it was like it was good it felt good it's a good reason to have what your is voice street, or What
5: it is 110th Street? It is a street I know but why is it so
3: Well you know there's a couple of you know back in the 70s Is that where uh,
5: Central Park is?
3: It is where uh, Central Park ends Yeah Yeah I mean look that neighborhood is I mean nothing like it was back in the in the day. Anyway, whatever. That's, that's neither here nor there. But remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how it's so sad that soundtracks now are, you know, that no one does these awesome either theme songs or soundtracks. And then Kendrick Lamar and crew puts out the Black Panther album. I cannot wait for that movie. You, Dave? You, you, you excited to see that?
4: Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't really dig superhero movies that much, but that one was cool.
3: <sighs> you know what, man? What? There's like... Do you live in Brooklyn? Is this a Brooklyn thing? Like Killjoy, like Brooklyn Killjoy. No, I don't like oh, what, are you looks. accusing
4: me of, like, being an aloof hipster or something?
3: I mean, if the shoe I don't fits. have kids.
4: I don't, I don't care about Marvel Ooh. superheroes. I don't like oh. kids.
3: Doesn't like kids either. I said I don't have kids. Uh, all right. I don't like them either. <laughs> Do you, you ever see Nacho Libre? Uh, no, actually. Oh, my God. How do I work... People, how do I work like this? How do I work with this? There's a character that we named a drink after at Booker and Dax called Escaletto, who's like this like, like super skinny guy. And uh, one of his lines is he hates all of the orphans in the whole world. All of them. All of them. Anyway. Yeah, that's fair. Wow. Damn.
4: No, I got nothing against orphans. They're probably better behaved.
5: Ooh. 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 Wow. I see where you're going with that. Man,
3: you guys are... You guys. Are. Speaking of uh, babies... So, uh, Nastasia, like, uh, you enjoyed it. I put the, t- the tweet up yesterday yeah. about the king cake with all the babies. And, man, like, a lot of millennials can take a joke. Yeah. But then, like, That's so the many work, people I get not. all bent yeah. out what like did What did they say? was the worst thing? I don't know. First of all, okay, so I, what I did was I baked a, a king cake. T- t- completely traditional, by the way. Completely traditional king cake. Because today is Fat Tuesday, right? So, you know, I did the whole thing with the, all three colors of sugar. That, that garish-looking, like, you know, purple, green... And uh, and yellow, you know, sugar on top of the of the glaze, all this other stuff. It's basically, look, the king cake. If you've never had it before, it's basically like, you know, a mildly enriched dough almost uh, a little bit hotter than a cinnamon bun. Anyway, like, so, like, you do, and then you roll up, like, pecans and raisins and brown sugar and crap, much like a cinnamon, and you form it into a ring, and then after you bake it, you shove a plastic baby Jesus into the bottom of the cake, and then you slice the cake up.
4: Because Christianity.
3: Because Christianity. And then, Christianity. Christianity. Uh, and then you, you slice the cake up. Oh, you know what? The thing is, is that, like, you know, everyone thinks of this is, uh, as a... Um, You know, like a New Orleans thing, but you know, I remember in you know in Spain, uh, getting uh, you know cakes with those little tokens. Anyway, whatever doesn't matter. (laughs) So like you 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 bake the cake, and then whoever gets the baby, they have to they have to get the cake next year. You see what I mean? So it's not actually a positive thing. But the funny thing was, is that almost no one who was all bent out of shape about me making fun of everyone being a winner, they're like, most people confuse like our generation with with uh, baby boomers. I need to tell millennials that there is a whole group of people, us forgotten. What's, what am I? What am I Mastassi, what's my generation? X? What are you, X? X? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're not the baby boomers. Like, we wish we could have destroyed God. the environment. We wish we could have thrown you guys into debt, but, you know, just we never had the power to do it. You know what I mean? We're just, we're losers that way. But, like, uh, they didn't get the joke that... You were just
4: slackers. You didn't do
3: anything about it. Uh- fair, <laughs> fair, uh, you know, self-aware slackers, I think is what, you know. Oh, uh,
5: ba- millennials are paying for baby boomers' awful decisions. Exactly.
3: Right, 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 right yeah, yeah. yeah, but, but again, sorry, but, you know, not my call. But they, uh, you know, I wish. Anyway, but the yeah. thing is, is that, like, very few people got the full side of the joke, which is, yeah, they all get the baby, so they all have to provide a king cake next mm-hmm. year, so it's like double hosed. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> but
5: they're not gonna
3: do it. No, of course not. No, no, please. First of all, who the hell gets a king cake and actually uh, eats it? Oh, it's delicious. I don't, you don't like that? I don't know.
4: It just seems like one of those things where it's all about the the ceremony and the the spectacle rather no, than actually no. eating it.
3: That's incorrect. It is delicious. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but 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 you're thinking about it wrong. It shouldn't be called like a king cake. It should be called like a king coffee pastry. Like like what mm. you really want to do is have a slice of that. You know, when it's relatively fresh. After it's gone stale, you know, garbage. But like, it was relatively fresh uh, with a with a cup of coffee. I mean, you like a you like a coffee pastry, do you not, Dave? Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm right. sure
4: Angela makes some coffee pastries, right, Angela? Uh, I'll have to call. Do you her. have the address of the studio, Angela? <laughs> Can uh, we provide that for you, Angela?
3: Coffeepastries.com. Um, all right. So uh, let me see. Uh, let me call up the questions in the meantime. Uh, because okay, so today, Nastasia, I'm on the freaking train, yeah, and they just decide to skip my I know, stop.
5: That's it's not a good
3: it's not a good look good on a subway anywhere. station. Right? But you would have
4: been late anyway. So I, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, let's not yeah. let's not fool ourselves.
3: You know, <laughs> that is true. You know, it's like I get no love anywhere. No love anyway. Uh, okay, here's the questions. This is from uh, Brandon Johnson in Charlotte. Um, has a highball question. Do you like highballs, Nastasia? No. What? I don't really like cocktails. What? I know. You don't Look, like cocktails? Doesn't like cocktails, doesn't like biscuits. Let's just get it all. Doesn't like biscuits, doesn't like, you know, lemongrass, doesn't like fungus, doesn't like...
4: <laughs> Wait, you don't like mushrooms?
3: Job, she baby. likes mushrooms. She doesn't like, like, fungus growing on things. She hates, like, well, uh, fung- fungally induced uh, leaf yeah. abnormalities.
4: Like foot infections?
3: Ugh, oh my god. god. Likes, you have
5: to take
4: it to foot infections? foot infections? <laughs> um... <laughs> Do you, Dave? No, not a fan.
3: Nobody likes a foot inf- infection. Uh, although That's they, why
4: I don't shower at the gym. I go home oof,
3: and do it. Although, interesting. I saw that. I just don't go to the gym. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> so hey. so the, uh, the, the interesting thing about infections, though, is that we've mentioned this on the show before, but it bears repeating one more time that the... So salt-risen bread, and we've talked about it before on the show millions of times. Salt-risen bread is an interesting bread because uh, salt is actually not the rising agent. The rising agent is the, path, you know, the pathogen, the bacterial pathogen, Clostridium, uh, clostridium perfringens. Nah, I think it's perfringens. And uh, so the classic study was printed right after World War I where they took... Uh, the bacteria directly off of a gangrene sufferer who mm. had, you know, received gangrene from a wound that they had in the trenches of World War One, and dude baked bread with it.
5: Oh my God.
3: And ate it. How about Jesus. that? That's some hardcore business.
4: Well, I guess I don't have to eat the rest of the day.
3: Uh, <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> That person took it for you. You know, I I like salt and bread. I think it's quite good. Real
4: real quick, somebody in the chat room sent a tweet that somebody directed at you in response to your millennial cake. Here Here it reads, Dear Dave, Uh we're sorry you're old. Well, not really. Instead of being bitter, exercise or something. Regards, millennials.
3: (laughs) Ah, (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: Signed on behalf of the entire generation, apparently.
3: I mean, like, first of all, first of all... First of all, not 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 at all bitter about it. Like I'm super psyched to be part of my generation. You know what I mean? I'm not super psyched at all the life choices I've made. Some of them really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like other ones not so good. But yeah, no. I mean, I hope everyone when they, you know, I hope everyone's happy with every age they are in life. You know what I mean? Like, I had some really bad ages, like, you know, junior high, like really kind of blue chunks. (laughs) But I've been super stoked with every age. So, you know, there's nothing I'd rather not be right now. Nothing I'd rather not be. There's nothing I'd rather be less right now than, like, 22 again. You know yeah. what I mean?
4: Well, it's it, it always strikes me as odd when people say like, "Oh, college is the best time of your life." I mean, if that's true, then shouldn't you just kill yourself after college? <laughs> if it's not gonna get any better, what's yeah. the point in continuing?
3: Right, right. But you know what? The other thing is, so like, so okay, it's not a food issue, so we shouldn't get into it. But like, you know, uh, after, life issues. Uh, after the election, this is the one where I was completely dead wrong. Right. So like, after the election, I was like, you know. The millennial. I was trying. I was blaming the millennials wrongly, as it turns out. Right? So I was like, the millennials didn't come out and vote, and that's kind of like you know. And, and now they're all pissed about it. But when I actually look at the statistics, the the percentage of people from each age group. When I was that age, I also didn't vote. Me as a group. You know what I mean? So it's like everyone wants to blame the generation that came before, the generation that came after. It's just you know everyone. It is true. You should exercise too. Look, you know.
4: And it is true the baby boomers wrecked the economy and the environment, but yeah.
3: Gotta read this book, Dave, called The Unnatural History of the Sea. I don't know whether the scholarship is still good but the the author's point was well taken which is everyone thinks that what's happening which is you know can be true right I mean like we could destroy the earth but everything that's happening like hasn't ever happened before is unprecedented and then goes on and and, like highlights all of the like basically as soon as humans have the ability to do something terrible they do it so there's no point in blaming any specific like group of people like baby boomers right like as soon as we had the shipping capability and the the fish Capability, we wiped out as much of the ocean as we possibly could, and it's generation by generation. As soon as we have the capability to do it, you do it. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, it sounds like a baby boomer cop out, but you know.
3: <laughs> again, wrong generation, brother. My parents were the baby boomers.
4: No, I don't mean from you. I'm just saying, like that guy, whoever that is, making the argument.
3: I don't know how old he is. I don't know. I don't I, know.
4: I, I would, I would wager that he's a boomer.
3: Wow, all right. <laughs> You know, maybe we'll this find is a weird, <laughs> it a weird episode. <laughs> anyway, so back to about oh, where the cocktails. By the way, uh, Dead oh, Rabbit. Yeah, highballs. Dead Rabbit has uh, a spinsol, and so they're going to be using the spinzall really? they said on the menu. And I was like, if you have a problem, you know, you got to get in touch with me. And they said, Oh, we will. We okay. will.
4: Do they need any searsols I know where to get them. No, no do geez. you? Geez,
3: because we don't.
4: Oh, I thought Amazon,
3: right? No. Oh man, <laughs> Dave, <laughs> why, man? Why digging?
5: They, <laughs> they went off again. You know, it's hey, Let me like, check it right now. It's like friggin'. It's
3: ridiculous. Uh, speaking of, did you check the walk-in? Is there a ham in the walk-in for us to talk there about? There
4: are several fridges here, so no, <sighs> I, I did not get a chance to check them All out. All right.
3: <laughs> Brandon Johnson writes in about highballs. I was recently at a restaurant ordered a Toki highball. So this is like a Japanese whiskey highball. Uh, they, had recent, they had a special uh, tap machine slash hookup from Suntory that dispensed the cocktail. Uh, the results were extra fizzy with a ton of bubbles. Uh... First of all, exercise does not make me feel good. Exercise makes me feel like garbage. I want you to do this class with me. Oh, please. Mistassia goes to a class. Wait, what kind of class? class? Anger.
5: No, it's not. It's like. A Primal like head, scream therapy? Kind of with exercise. Okay. I have enough
3: anger. Okay? All right. Just this will help it. you get it out. Yeah.
4: yeah. Right now, it's building up inside of you with uh, yeah. the toxin. I, yeah. Please, please. Please, please.
3: Please, please. Do you know. I said toxin. Do you, do you oh, know? Like <laughs> some goop thing. Oh. Do you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you, if you wanted to lower the water table of my anger, do you know how much you'd have to tap?
5: Yeah, that's why you should try it and whatever. see if it's tapped okay.
3: Yeah, hit the tap. Back to the highball. <laughs> the results were extra fizzy with a ton of bubbles. And you know what? Oh, you started, man. It's like, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> Just get on the question, You Dave. know, people like all the exercise, all these gym freaks, right? And then they're going two miles an hour up every stairway in the freaking subway.
5: You're general. How do you know it's the same people? I know
3: it's, not all, the, the it's not all the same people it's some of the same people or the people walking half a mile an hour with their freaking yoga mat in the freaking city hitting me in the face with their freaking yoga mat
4: so real quick there was this great joke on Seth Meyers around the holidays where uh, he said like oh no it's that time of the year where tourists come from all over the world to look at all these things like the middle of the sidewalk and the top of the stairs
3: that's <laughs> no, totally yeah. true yeah. it's totally true I love it when people stop at the top of the stairs and look around don't you love that Dave? yeah it's the best then
5: you should do it in front of them
3: no, it, the I've world is before. not about, it, the world is not a tit for tat situation. <laughs> Sometimes it just, feels good. Just do what's right. Sometimes it feels good. Just do what's right. Okay, so we have an extra fizzy highball here that Brandon <laughs> was dealing with. Uh, and he said, What is the highball machine doing to give all that extra fizz? Is it mi- mixing whiskey and soda as it's dispensed like a fountain drink? All right, uh, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, I don't know, but I doubt it, and here's why. I took a look at the tap. I could saw a picture of it, and the tap looks like a dedicated tap. So what they're probably doing is carbonating the mixture and getting it super cold. The key to super carbonation, first of all, uh, they probably do relatively low alcohol. So the lower the alcohol percentage, the easier it is to get ripping, ripping bubbles. Now, there are people on the Internet uh, who are reviewing this uh, phenomenon of the uh, highball on tap who are, they're clearly lying, clearly lying, because they said something absurd, like it has four times or five times the carbonation of soda and one and a half times the carbonation of uh, champagne. But if you do the math, what that's saying is that, uh, you know, so that champagne has over two and a half or three times the carbonation of soda, which is not the case, right? Like in terms of actual grams of CO2 per liter of, of beverage. So... The math doesn't even add up on its own page, right? So, don't believe the hype that they write on the internet. But what the truth is is that the higher the alcohol, the more CO2 you need to get into it for a certain level of bubbles. Also, the more it's going to foam up because the more alcohol is in it, the lower the uh, the uh, the higher the viscosity and the lower the surface tension. So, what happens is you have this phenomenon of foam. So in order to get a very high kind of uh, bubble amount, you need to get the temperature as low as possible. So what they're probably doing is mixing, uh, carbonating under, under high, high pressure, and then uh, cooling it to almost uh, a almost point where you're gonna get crystals. As soon as you get ice crystals in your drink, Uh, They form nucleation sites, and you get massive amounts of bubbling, right? So that's the first step that they're probably doing. They're probably chilling it to a very accurate temperature. They're probably doing a relatively low percentage of alcohol. If I had to guess, if you wanted really ripping carbonation, I would guess somewhere between 11 and 12, no more than 13% alcohol on it. Um, Maybe they do less. I don't know. I haven't tasted their, their mix. Then... Uh, The trick is dispensing it. So where most people go wrong with tap carbonated cocktails is they use a relatively crappy... Uh, tap, uh, For instance, like a beer tap is meant to allow a certain amount of uh, foam, and beer taps are relatively bad at compensating between the very high pressure that you're carbonating at, right, which is much higher than beer, much higher than beer, and the relatively low pressure of atmosphere. Also, if the lines are, are, are still for a long time and there's any leak or anything at all, I mean, it happens no matter what, you get little bubbles in the line, and as soon as you open the tap... Uh, a- as the um, drop in pressure propagates backwards in the line, you start getting foaming in the line. So, as it comes out of the tap, it's already starting to foam. It hits the atmosphere, it foams even more. So, to, to kind of stop that, what you want is a, like a very, like, kind of long, cold, laminar flow of stuff that's not going to create a lot of turbulence as it comes out. A very good uh, compensator valve that, uh, uh, that lets this stuff stream out nicely so you're not throwing the, the bubbles everywhere. The gun tap. Apps that mix uh, right at the thing like a soda machine does. they put the the syrup and the um, carbonated water through very fine nozzles and then mix them in a larger nozzle. It's incredibly turbulent and causes a lot of bubbles. That's why when you hit a, a soda fountain machine, you see that like Niagara Falls like foamy look that comes out of that like thick nozzle. And that right there, in a carbonated, water carbonated beverage, you can kind of deal with because it'll settle down really quickly. And whatever the CO2 loss that you've lost, you know, kind of, it, you know, you just take that hit and you deal with it. But if you kind of, if you take that hit with an alcoholic beverage, you typically, um, it's just, it's it's all freaking over. It's like you've lost so much of the bubbles that it's, you know, almost like what why try? Which is why most people, if they're doing carbonated cocktails on tap, unless they have a dedicated machine like this, um, you know, first of all, remember there's no particulate matter in there's no juices, there's no nothing. There's nothing in there other than the whiskey and the liquid, so it's very water, so it's very kind of uh, f- you know, finely titrated. But most people who do it need to stick with kind of low carbonation drinks. But I'd like to try one of these things, I and mean, I'm not a huge fan of whiskey and soda. Uh, but you know, I'm down to down to try. You know what I'm saying? Yep.
4: Yeah. Here we go take a quick break.
3: All right, right back with more cooking issues.
1: Corin's unique store in Lower Manhattan is home to perhaps the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan, plus the rarest natural sharpening stones and exquisitely designed tableware. They also host special events, such as knife sharpening demonstrations and parties with New York's most famous chefs and restaurateurs. Korin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the implicit and elegance of Japanese culture to your table be it in your home or in the finest restaurant. For more information, visit Corrin.com.
3: And we're back. Is this the uh, first time Corrin's been a uh, sponsor? Uh, I think so, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Love Corin. Shout out to uh, Salary San running that thing. out. you know, I, like, I am a customer at Corin. Mm-hmm. Like, I have purchased, I don't purchase knives anymore because I'm on a spending freeze on the, on the knives, but as I've said on the show many times, I'm a giant fan of traditional Japanese knives. You ever use those things? Does Mark like those things? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Did you see, ever see him use them? No. What does he like to uh, cut with at home? I don't know. He cuts with your knives? What do you have?
5: Uh, crappy.
3: Like how crappy? Like what level of crap?
5: Like the ones that they give you in the Star Chef's
3: bag. So you just picked up a swag bag and that became your cooking knives? Yeah, oh, Nastasia. <laughs> hardcore enemy of quality. <laughs> like, super hardcore enemy of quality. You know what the thing is, I think, you know, look, whatever. Do you keep it sharp anyway? No. So, what do you mean? You can't you,
5: even cut through a tomato.
3: So, what do you use? Nastasia's <laughs> like, I use the back of the knife to cut through a tomato because it's sharper. <laughs> God, God, you know what? Like what? Like why do I even bother? Why do, why do bother? I even bother? Why, bother? why do I bother? What about you, Dave? What do you What do you slice with at home?
4: Uh, honestly, I don't know the brand name. <sighs>
3: hey, well, thanks to Corin for sponsoring our <laughs> radio yeah. show today. Hey, if you know, Corin would
4: If Corin would want to send me over a set, I'd be happy to use them and talk about them oh, on come the on, air. Man, I would do, be more than happy.
3: They're not. It's not a set. Look, when you go to Corin, it's like you have to go. So you should. If look. You should go to Corin, right? Just the same way that you should go to J.B. Prince and check J.B. Prince out because they're two, like, kind of gems of, of stores. You know, they're high-priced, right? But if you go there, it's just, it's cool. You know what I mean? Like, they're cool to go to. But when you go to Corin, it's more like going to, like, a pet adoption center and, like, picking, like, a puppy out. You know what I mean? You got to, like, pick out, like, what kind of knife you want. You know, first you got to make the decision, like, what's your maximum price range? You know what I mean? Like, what's the maximum you're going to do? right that's your first choice then you have to choose what style you want there's two ways to go this you choose style in terms of Japanese western or uh, or traditional Japanese and then like the shape of knife and then you just go from there but they have so many choices of, e- of each one that you just gotta mess it up you always end up spending more You at Corinth you always end up spending more and then they have you know the master knife sharpener, sharpener. should that
4: be their slogan
3: <laughs> you always end up spending more yeah. look man <laughs> Like the next time that uh, the next time the yen takes a nosedive, right? Like, you know, the next time that when they, whenever the dollar is doing really well against the yen, that's the time to go shop at Corin because the knives are from Japan. And so you have to deal with like whatever the, whatever the economy in Japan is doing at the time. Um, so I remember I bought a set of, uh, not a set, but I bought like a, like a really nice Deba and a nice Yanagi. And then the year after that, there was a big swing in the dollar. This was years and years ago. And the knives, like, went up 50% in one year just based on the exchange rate. Because <laughs> I bought it before. You won. You, I, you I, won. Finally, I win. <laughs> uh, yeah, finally. Um, hey, speaking of this, uh, I, you know, again, uh, I'm not involved with this stuff, but uh, I'm at this place called New Lab, which is, you know, where I'm doing prototyping for the next Booker Index Dax uh, piece of equipment, which, honestly, Nastasi, when are we going to announce that, you think?
5: I hope spring. What? Like, Announce that it when it should be coming
3: right you're talking about
5: yeah like like may like hey what anticipate is it? this coming anticipate yeah
3: okay I'm what gonna say f- look we're, we're gonna try to get our next product on sale by fourth quarter of this yes. year but anyway but when I, do
5: you want to say what it is I'm saying may what is it? We can't say. can't tell
3: you what it is. <laughs> this is the first time we're taking on a market where someone else could just do it. We're not as... I have to figure out what kind of patent protection we have first on what's going on. Oh, before.
5: also, if you want to hear Dave talk next Tuesday at Tesla.
3: Or you could just listen to the 8 no, million in episodes. Live oh, and live.
5: have cocktails. And,
3: yeah. Jack Schramm is making Jack the cocktails? Jack Schramm is making the
5: cocktails. All right. Uh, at Tesla. On 14th Street. Do you know,
3: Do you know, uh, Dave, that Nastasia is almost the owner of a Tesla? Yeah.
4: Yeah, you were talking about this yeah. last
3: week. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, back. you want to
4: take a uh, phone call?
3: Yeah, sure. Call her. You're on the air. Hello. Hi.
0: Hey, how's it going? Uh, hey. I had a question about uh, the fermented orange drink that you've mentioned a number of times in the past. I saw it on your Instagram. Sure. I was curious if you could give us a, a procedure to uh, make that drink.
3: Sure. So I would, cl- you know, clarify the orange juice. Yep. Uh, and then, um, you know, do it however you want. I recommend you use a spinzo. Uh Then uh, you just... Oh,
1: don't worry. I have one.
3: Nice, nice. And then, uh, you know, try to... Try to get it as clear as you can, right? So let it sit for a while uh, before you spin it so that you get, like, the, you know, most kind of solids out of it. Um, because anything that's left over is going to be a nightmare when it, uh, once it once it carbonates up. And then you have to, the, this is where the choice comes in. Now you have to choose uh, what, uh, you know, ABV you're going to want to have with it. So you... Um, I think I took it up. Hmm, I forget what the bricks I took it to. I think I took it to like 14 bricks. I, I, I have to remember. You just go online and you look up, um, you know, bricks to, a, to bricks to potential ABV. And when you're doing mm-hmm. this, you're gonna ferment it basically dry, so you can just. Uh, ch- I forget also the standard bricks of OJ. It's, it's somewhere like 11, right? So you add a, a, just enough sugar to it to take it up to the bricks. So you, your alcohol level at the end. I think I shot for like 8% alcohol, somewhere in that range um okay. and then uh i used uh just like you know cheap old red star champagne yeast uh, and pitched it, and you know, put an airlock in it, and fermented it dry. I was doing like small, I think like a gallon batch or something. I, I, I forget what size carboys I was doing it in, little, little ones though. Uh, and as, as soon as it stops bubbling, uh, you can pull it, then you can bottle it, and you can krausen it with sugar, which <laughs> I've done, or you can force carbonate. Up to you. It generally, I think, tastes best fairly soon. It's not something you want to lay down. So it's not like apple cider where you know it's just going to get better and better. So I would Say after it finishes fermenting, you just give it like you know, you know, like a week or you know a couple days rest to you know mellow out and finish whatever it's going to do. Unless you're going to krausen it and add, uh, uh, you know, you're not going to force carbonate. You're going to krausen it, in which case you know you got to wait for the uh, CO2 to build up inside of it. But yeah, it's super easy, and the, the nice thing about it is is that. Uh, as the sugar goes away, the the orange profile and the little bit of bitterness that's left really comes up. And so it, it goes back to being something kind of more complicated. But when the, when there's all that sugar in there, it's like it's relatively simple as a beverage uh, and, you know, it's kind of useless. And then once it ferments dry and is bubbly, uh, it's quite, you know, I like it. Give it a try. Let me know what you think. I, you know, I like uh, I like it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, you've mentioned it a few times, and I've been uh, wanting to try it. So cool. Thanks for that.
3: All right, Cool. Let us know how it works. And uh, by the Sweet. way, Dave, uh, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the uh, comment from that entire generation earlier in the show in, in, in good fun, as I hope they also took the King Cake comment. Right, Nastasia? I hope you don't
5: talk about it ever
3: again. You're the one that brought I, it up. I, I wasn't I bring gonna it up. say anything. I
5: bring
3: it up? Oh, you. Nastasia, how, how can you sit and lie? You say, like, sit, talk about the cake, talk about
5: the cake. Oh, yeah, no. All
3: right, I, all right, so I, forget, I th- about, forget about it.
5: Don't talk about the,
3: the chat room thing. Uh, uh, so the... Let's uh, never speak of it again. We'll so wait, here's wait. an interesting little bit of food news. Did you see that, you know, blockchains, bitcoins, which is why I was talking about New Lab, because, uh, like, half the people there, they're you know, everyone's blockchain now. It's the thing, like, you know, it's m- money-making. You, know blockch- mm-hmm. you know what blockchains are, right? Mm-hmm. You see that they're applying it to food? no. Yeah, so that like, because it's not so much of a problem here in the US, but you know, in, in other countries, food counterfeiting is a huge, huge deal, right? And so, you, you know, they have these, um, uh, now they're using blockchain technology to identify food so that you can go check the authenticity of your food and it can't be faked. Cool. Nastasia's like, I don't care. I, <laughs> I don't ever have a fake food problem because I live in New York City and spend my money on only good foods. That's true. Oh come on, You own pasta flyer. How's that going? Good. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, uh I'm supposed to go into Nastasia's place by the way. Oh
5: yes, when you do that? This is gonna be so much fun.
3: <laughs> Nastasia <laughs> Lopez sets up a restaurant. <laughs> Dave, you'll enjoy this. Alright, we gotta get going then. She, she puts the trash can I, like that was not me. Like five feet tall. <laughs> That's not me. You have to be freaking a basketball player to throw food away at her place.
5: It's so stupid because whoever designed this, like we have a handicapped lift, like our, like that's the entire restaurant is based around this lift. Yet the food, the trash receptacle. Right. It,
3: and you know, and it's, it's everyone knows who your partners are, right? No. Ugh. Anyway, she's got someone with money behind her. Yeah, you know what she said, Dave? Come in and saw saw the trash <laughs> thing down. Come in with your hand jigsaw and saw the trash thing then Crazy person. Oh, I so have... So when
5: are you doing
3: that? Uh, I have gas back at my place. I was going to go into the whole story Ew. about gas, but I'll uh, have to do it next... What did you say? Gas. Oh, pff, uh, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, So I finally got gas back yesterday, but uh, Dave's going to pull me off the air, so we'll talk about... It. Actually, I won't be here next week. I'll be flying back next All week.
1: Oh,
5: right.
3: So, in two weeks' time, send in your questions, and I'll talk about the travails of gas and what I've learned about the the, the, the lies that plumbers tell you, what I've learned about gas regulators, what I've learned about gas supplies and um, orify. What?
5: <laughs> sounds like a fun show.
3: Uh, you know what, Nastasia? People, <laughs> like, people who actually you know, are interested in cooking, I think they want to know how their equipment works and how they can make it better. I was also going to describe by the way how you what you should never do from a safety standpoint I was going to describe my history of manipulating gas fired cooking devices and different ways of doing it like solenoid versus bypass
5: <laughs> oh, I think I'm gone that week
3: uh, you're such a jaguar <laughs> such a <Yeah. laughs> jaguar anyway alright cooking issues <laughs>